This is Asha Voices. I'm JD Gray. It's our second of two episodes looking at the unexpected places our careers can take us. If you missed the first episode, don't worry. This collection of stories for SLPs looking for a change is made to stand alone. Today, we hear from an SLP who traveled the world and overcame her fear, and we meet two SLPs driven by a sense of justice. Hear the moments that changed everything on ASHA Voices. Support for ASHA Voices comes from ASHA's online conference, Maximizing Outcomes in Medically Complex Patients of All Ages. This continuing education opportunity begins August 4th. Save with early bird rates when you register by July 7th. Learn more at on.asha.org medical. Support for ASHA Voices also comes from ASHA Schools Connect 2021. The online conference will take place July 14th to 26th as a standalone conference focused entirely on the unique needs of school-based SLPs. There is still time to register. Visit on.asha.org slash schoolsconnect21. I'm Shalonda Gibson, and the unexpected place my career took me was around the world and from fear to freedom. Shalonda Gibson is an SLP, and she owns the Speech and Voice Care Center of Houston, a private practice specializing in voice disorders. I knew I was interested in voice. Even in graduate school, I just fell in love from the moment I heard the voice is the mirror of the soul. I just love all the aspects of it because you're really getting to work with the person holistically, and the voice is a vehicle of expression and emotions. And when it's impaired, that can lead people to feelings of fear and despair when you can't do the things that you're purposed to do and when you can't share your story. Shalada's path to opening her private practice is different than what you might expect. She didn't start her career in a voice clinic or work in an ENT clinic or hospital. But after working in her mentor's practice and spending time in a skilled nursing facility, Shalanda opened and began building her own private practice. After some years of building, I found myself really, really burnt out. I wasn't really sure where to go, and I just took some time and I went within and from a spiritual place, it's interesting because that's when my journey really took off in a different trajectory. But I heard the word go. It it all started with that go. Like, what in the world does that mean? And I'm like, okay, so do I need to do some type of medical missions trip? Do I need to do more service? I started a nonprofit. I wanted to do more things where I'm like, okay, when you're trying to figure things out, it's best to find yourself serving. And that go led me to a program called Remote Year, which is where you can travel the world with strangers and work remotely. But I did it a little differently because I walked away from my practice completely. As Shalanda mentioned, her story involves travel. And in 2017, she made a bold decision to temporarily step away from her practice and take a risk. But before we talk about the trip and how it changed Shalanda's career and practice, you need to understand more about what led her to those changes. When she left, she had been running her private practice for about seven years. And although she says her practice may have looked successful by other standards, there were things about the practice that weren't how she had envisioned it. And she was starting to ask questions of herself. I started really 
understanding like, whoa, wait a minute. So am I driven and I want these things in my life because I really want them and I'm aligned and I know it's my path or am I trying to prove something and I'm, I'm fearful of something. So it's pushing me into overdrive. And so I'm overcompensating to be this perfect speech pathologist, if you will. So it's like, I want to know as much as possible. I'm going to take all these courses through ASHA and learn, and then you can get the accolades and you're acknowledged and all of those things. Or am I doing these things because I genuinely want to be of help and service? So just, it caused me to do some personal reflection in terms of my purpose and my path and why am I here to help? And am I really being of service to my clients? Wow, these are deep questions about identity and about purpose and about what it means to be a speech-language pathologist. Yes, yes. I found myself right there, like you said, in the middle of, I guess you could call it an identity. I wouldn't, I don't know if it was a crisis, but well, we'll, we'll call it a crisis. But yeah, where I wanted to make sure that I was on purpose. That's very important to me. And of course you have things, we're not just speech pathologists. We're humans first and we have our own experience that we can bring into the clinic with us, into the therapy room. And those things can impact how we work with our clients. I felt like I was doing a really good job, but I knew that there was something more that I could give but I felt stagnant and a little stuck. And again, it was because my practice wasn't growing the way I thought because I had this idea and vision of it and it was taking a long time, but it still was the path I chose and I just wasn't sure where to go. And yeah, I didn't realize how badly I needed a reset until I was right there in the middle of the reset. That reset came quickly for Shalanda after she applied for the remote year program. I just completed the application and I got a call back and they invited me to an interview. I interviewed and again, I'm just going and still trying to, you know, work life, doing whatever my usual. And they responded with an invitation and it just shocked me and I saw it. But then I started trying to make all these excuses like, is this a scam? I don't know if this is real, blah, 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 blah. And then I had a conversation with a friend who said, oh, my gosh, she's a, my best friend is a journalist in St. Louis. And she said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you didn't tell me this. Remote year is kind of a big deal. I know somebody who applied and they didn't get in. And she's kind of a big deal here. And I feel like if you don't take this opportunity, that it's not going to come again. It's going to pass you up. I think you should do it. With that encouragement and the trust in her spiritual side, Shalanda decided to go on the trip. I think I found out that I got accepted in February and I sat on and I had to give a response. And like I said, this was by March at this time. And the program was starting at the end of May of 2017. And I made everything happen. I reached out to a friend who jumped in and supported me. And I packed up everything, had garage sales, put my house on the market and made arrangements for my practice and everything, it seems like in a matter of two months. And I actually worked up until the day I got on the plane. Like I finished a workshop that I had to lead for the city of Houston. And my friend picked me up. She was waiting outside. She picked me up and took me to the airport. 
Shalanda says the trip was life-changing. Her itinerary took her all over the world, from Europe to Asia to Latin America. She was burned out when she left, and she says she learned many lessons while traveling that would change how she approaches her private practice and her life. I learned that there's joy and simplicity. The first month was spent in split Croatia and had a lot of beach time. And I realized that water was self-care for me. I spent a lot of time journaling by the beach and doing a lot of personal reflection. And in that too, as a business owner, I learned the concept of align over grind. Pretty much what that means is we are here and in the U.S. it's about we're working and we're so career oriented and focused and often that there's no balance there. But I mean, it was such a it was a beach community and people were so laid back. They took breaks. You saw people there on vacation and align over grind. So when you're aligned and you're just flow, align with your purpose, align spiritually, align with your core beliefs, whatever that looks like for you, when you are connected to those things that ground you, give you purpose, give you direction, then things open up for you. That had been proven to me in a matter of a couple of months because everything was a whirlwind. I felt like all up until that point, things have been hard for me. But even though this was a scary decision, after I said yes, things just opened up. You mentioned some of the things that you learned from traveling. And I'm wondering if this trip provided the reset that you needed, what changes did you see in your career after this trip? Definitely, I maintained that alignment was key. I maintained that simplicity is joy. I maintained that people are more alike than then they are different. And I brought those things with me, a, a different, I guess, a world knowledge and understanding. I brought that back with me. And I remember that first session coming back, I felt more present. I felt ready to do work. And I didn't feel like I had to be this specific type of speech pathologist. I just needed to be there. I would tell my students at the University of Houston where I did some clinical education before, I was like, our job is to make our clients' lives easier. Like when you break it down to the most simple thing, it's to make their lives easier. So what will help them to function better from a communication perspective? And I felt like that was heightened where I'm listening more, I'm more in tune with their experience. And I think maybe before that's kind of, you're, you're taught like you, you help, you diagnose, you fix people. But then also there's that level of support and understanding of how this person is functioning as a human being. And those things can serve as, as, as barriers to their progress, but just being more understanding of their human experience, I think was the, was the best thing. And how do I move out of the way and not be a barrier to them getting their services. In terms of where I am now compared to pre-travel, pre-risk, which was the biggest risk that I've ever taken in my life that definitely paid off and shaped me as a person in general. I think better people make better therapists and better whatever career path you choose. But yeah, more focused. I'm 
more energized because I'm in the vision. I feel like, oh, you know, this feels good. This is right. This is where I knew I was supposed to be all along. And it just took a long time to get here. But it's fine because I think the lessons I learned along the way really helped me for this place that I'm in right now. I want to get back out there. I planned on taking a trip. I planned on being in Ghana for the holidays last year, but it just didn't work out that way. But I was reminded that it was the simplicity that I experienced during travel. And then I started to look at, okay, walking my dog is simplicity and it's joy and enjoying the wind. Those were the things I enjoyed about travel, like being close to nature. So I just find those opportunities here. It's usually right where you are. We just feel like sometimes we have to be moved or we have to go somewhere or do something extreme to to make the shift. But you can shift. From the moment you find out you're stuck, you can make that shift and change. And you just do it little by little and in simple ways. Before you left, you were working with clients and you were feeling fear. When you work with clients now, is that still there? No. When I think about this, no. I feel like I'm giving my best. I feel like I'm really helping them. I strive to help. I strive to, again, understand and support that fear again that led me to overcompensation and doing all of these extra things. Like I'm definitely still busy, but I'm doing the things that I feel like align with my purpose. I'm feeling pretty good about where I am. Just to be honest, I'm just, I'm in my flow. And if I'm working with voice, we teach our clients all the time about flow and the importance of connecting your breath and your voice and your voice is supported. And you want a nice flow and a coordination of the system working together. So it's the same thing with life. If you take away the tension Take away the stress. That's what we teach our clients. Take away the tension, take away the stress, and provide an open system that just allows the flow and the connection so you get the voice that you you desire. At the end of our conversation, I asked Shalanda if there was anything else she wanted to mention. And she took the conversation in a different direction, bringing up a subject that is on the minds of many people. During this time... I think it's very important. We have a lot of still social unrest. It's not as in our face as it was last year, but we know, you know, with everything that happened with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, just in with the political environment, things that we tend to not like to talk about, but systemic racism and equity and all of those things have been on the table. I think it's important for us to continue to have those conversations. They're hard conversations, but are very much necessary. In presentations, Shalanda calls these hard conversations hacks. And one of the things I tell people during those hacks is to first hack yourself. That means look at any implicit bias you have. Look at anything that you believe, You like really checking out your belief system to see how it's showing up in how you serve people, how you work, how you do your job. And if it's causing you to be a hindrance or a block or a barrier to someone getting what they need, like really take a look at that and remove it. And then also tap into 
where you are, your circle, and really be the change. Don't depend on somebody else to do it. And this is not the time to be quiet. We have our our physical voice that we use, and then we have our voice of influence. And communication helps us to connect. It helps us to share our stories. And we want to be able to connect with our clients of any race, gender, ethnicity. And we definitely want to make sure we're not getting in the way of their progress and their success because the research is showing that systemic racism and all of these things that we're going through, they're impacting our clients and literally racism is killing us. It shows up in disparities and things like that, but it starts with us hacking us and doing this personal, you know, just work. It's a deep work and it can be the hardest work that we'll ever have to do. But I believe that it's necessary work. Find resources to address implicit bias and build your understanding of different cultures at ASHA.org. You can find resources from the Office of Multicultural Affairs by searching for the word multicultural on the ASHA website. While you're there, look for the new micro course series on microaggressions and the cultural competence check-ins self-assessment. Other ASHA resources include the award-winning book, Exploring Cultural Responsiveness, Guided Scenarios for Communication Sciences and Disorders Professionals, and the tools and quizzes found at That's Unheard Of, Org. Want to hear more from Shalanda Gibson? Look for her podcast, Speak It with Shuli, or look for her video conversation series on YouTube called Speak It TV. A recent conversation featured past ASHA Voices guests Megan Brett Hamilton and Deanna Latimer Hearn discussing African American English and code switching. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up, we'll hear from two more SLPs whose careers take them somewhere unexpected. This time, it's into the courtroom, or nearly so. Support for ASHA Voices comes from ASHA's online conference, Maximizing Outcomes in Medically Complex Patients of All Ages. From August 4th through 16th, this continuing education opportunity will share the essential knowledge and skills to optimize outcomes and adapt to real-world service delivery challenges. You can earn up to 3.2 ASHA CEUs, save with early bird rates when you register by July 7th. Learn more at on.asha.org medical. Support for ASHA Voices comes from ASHA Schools Connect 2021. This online conference is taking place this year from July 14th to 26th, with even more learning and networking opportunities 100% dedicated to school-based SLPs. This virtual event will feature more than 30 live and on-demand sessions, over 70 virtual posters, many coffee and tea breaks and wellness activities, a virtual exhibit hall, and much more. Learn more and register at on.asha.org slash schoolsconnect21. I'm Brenda Seal, and the unexpected route that my 46-year career took includes serving as an expert witness in legal cases and due process cases. I am Lissa Power Defer. And I am so delighted to be part of this conversation about unexpected turns in the profession that for me, that opportunity to become an expert witness was something I had never anticipated. Brenda Seal is a recent retiree after a career that includes 10 years as a professor and director of speech-language pathology at Gallaudet University and time spent as a faculty member in the Communication Sciences and Disorders Department at James Madison University. 
Lissa Power Defer is a CSD professor and interim dean at Longwood University. Both SLPs have experience working as expert witnesses. More than just experience, they wrote the book on it. It's called Speech Language Pathologists as Expert Witnesses, and it's available now at the ASHA store. I don't think it's a role that people seek out, JD. It's a role that individuals are sought to play. So, my first criminal case, I was sought out by an attorney who was looking for someone to defend a company. A deaf person had been let go for some reasons that his attorneys defended him against. And I wouldn't have sought it out. I wouldn't have gone looking for that responsibility. But when asked, I remember once saying, when an attorney asked, if if you can't do this, is there anyone else you could recommend? And I remember in one of those interviews saying, I don't know anyone who could do this. Uh, and I'm not sure I can do it, but I'll give it my best effort. Lisa, how about you? Well, I think that there's a, a sense of you do this for a concept of justice. In the initial conversation with the attorney, you get a flavor of what the situation is. And Brenda and I have both turned some things down because we felt that it wasn't a a good match for us, that we weren't qualified. We didn't feel comfortable with it. But for me, I think that when I've heard about the situation from the paralegal or the attorney, I feel like I want to invest some time and to help get justice for this individual. From reviewing documents to providing evidence-based testimony, expert witnesses provide a legal team with someone knowledgeable about a subject, sometimes even appearing in the courtroom, as Brenda has. Brenda shared her experience being deposed where, under oath, SLPs or other expert witnesses often face questions from an opposing attorney. That usually begins with a review of that individual's background, what documentation of that expertise is being brought to the case. and. In some cases, the, uh, that can become controversial. The opposing attorney might say, we don't want this witness. Um, so the legal back and forth that two attorneys and their colleagues can take in interviewing and in questioning and redirecting questions to the expert witness is somewhat unsettling. J.D., I think another thing that is important to put in here is that when the expert witness goes to a court proceeding or due process hearing, it can be confrontational. And the person who's serving as the expert witness has to feel really comfortable standing up for what their message is in the face of some sometimes pretty combative attorneys that really want to question your decision making and your opinion. That's been the case in my experiences, Lisa. The combative nature has pretty much emerged every time. How do you handle that? You handle it better with each successive experience. But as Lisa said, it's about justice. It's about knowing the literature. It's about knowing evidence from the perspective of someone who's worked with a clinical population. And in knowing the literature and knowing your population, you have a sense of what is the right response. So being unwaved by 
what appears to be aggressive tones to the best that you can and remaining true to the message that you're trying to deliver as an expert. We're focusing on the unexpected places that our careers have taken us. And it sounds like you were compelled to fill this role for a sense of justice. I mean, this is also a professional opportunity, though, right? Mm-hmm. I would say it's been a very enriching professional opportunity that I have enjoyed the opportunity to stretch my skills as a professional by doing this, um, to integrate some of the information I've picked up in a variety of jobs that I've had. Tell me, what did you take away from the experience? I think one thing that I took away is the importance of our profession in speaking up for justice for individuals with communication disorders. The attorney that I worked with in the the case that I'm thinking of that comes to mind recognized that there was an injustice to the child with a communication disorder, but the attorney didn't have the background to be able to unpack that fully. And so there was a real feeling of, I am mixing my background and knowledge as a speech language pathologist with my comfort level, writing about what I see, integrating my knowledge about the field with my knowledge of special education to achieve justice for the individual. You wrote a book together. It's called Speech Language Pathologists as Expert Witnesses. What brought you to writing that book? I think I was in my fifth case with this notion that these cases can consume a lot of time. So when asked to serve as an expert witness, there's got to be this window of opportunity, perhaps spring break or perhaps the the winter break if you're in a university calendar or perhaps the summer break. But there's got to be a window of opportunity when you truly can dedicate the necessary time to reading and learning about the nuances of a case. When I realized probably my third or fourth uh, case that I kept going to the literature looking for some sort of roadmap or uh, what is it that other expert witnesses do in cases like this. I found stuff in psychology, I found stuff in medicine, but I found nothing, very little in the speech language pathology world. After a while, I started documenting things. Well, this is what I do first, and this is what I do second. And before long, I was um, reading from enough literature that I said, we need a book on this, or we need a strong article on this. And Liz and I were sharing a bus ride to probably a session or something fun at ASHA, and I think, Lisa, you said, uh, Brenda, I've been busy. I've been doing these due process cases as an expert witness. And I said, Lisa, I do expert witness work. It's not the sort of thing we go around talking about. One, because there's a high need for confidentiality. And two, because it, it sets up this sense that I don't want to appear humble, but um, you're an expert on this. Um, we all like to think we're experts in what we do and know, but when you're serving in that capacity, you, you kind of have to shake off the humility cloak and say, yes, I'm an expert in this. Brenda Seal and Lissa Powerdefer. Their book is titled Speech Language Pathologists as Expert Witnesses. You can get it now in the ASHA store at asha.org. ASHA Voices is produced by the American Speech Language Hearing Association and comes from the team behind the ASHA Leader magazine. Support for ASHA Voices comes from ASHA's online conference on voice. It's called Maximizing Outcomes in Medically Complex Patients of All Ages, and it begins August 4th. 
Save with early bird rates when you register by July 7th. Learn more at on.asha.org medical. Support for ASHA Voices also comes from ASHA Schools Connect 2021. Join us at the online conference in July to learn new strategies and help your students succeed. Register now before it's too late. Current ASHA Learning Pass subscribers can save $100. Register now at on.asha.org slash schoolsconnect21. Production assistance for ASHA Voices comes from Pamela Lawrence. I'm J.D. Gray, and this is ASHA Voices.